Welcome to Moment Talk. I'm your co-host Shiso Moore. Today's guest is Van Lang Shong. He went to school in Upstate Mary's University of Minnesota, uh, studying marriage and family therapy slash counseling. He's now working as a mental health therapist at the Power of Hope for a few amount of years now. Um, you can also find more of his work among men in relationships on Facebook. But I am super excited about this topic because it's been talked among uh, great subjects in the Hmong community. But let's first, let's thank our sponsors. Today's sponsor is brought to you by She Sells Menwear. Are you looking for the latest trendy men's fashion? Look no further. She Sells Menswear carries handcrafted bow ties, ties, suit accessories, and everyday streetwear. They are your one-stop Hmong-inspired men's shop. You can search them online at www.xixomenswear.com. We are super excited here, and we have Vanang on the uh, other side, and we welcome you on coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Dude, you're out in the Midwest, am I correct? Yes, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I recall meeting you at a, a, some wedding uh, events that we had, as, and you were a vendor there, right? Yes, I, I was there with uh, Twin Cities uh, Mental Health and Couple Center. So I was out there, and I think it was my first time meeting you there. Yeah, likewise, likewise. I recall meeting you there too, and the first time we ever met. And it's good to know yeah. what you do, and vice versa. Now, you know, just a little bit about yourself. You what? Early thirties guy. Yeah, so I'm uh, thirty four. I'm gonna be 35 pretty soon here. Woo woo. Yeah, so. <laughs> Any big plans going out skydiving, mountain climbing? No, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I I thought about it, but no, not, nothing like that. I, I do I do a little bit of uh, motorcycling. That, that's as uh, extreme as I get. Oh, so, you have some really drilling in you then. What do you ride, man? So I ride a uh, Triumph Bonneville. Okay. So it's a little, uh, Cafe racer style, you know, bike. Nice, so dude. Classics, you know. Right when you say triumph, I'm thinking maybe this guy rides a speed triple. No, but no, okay. No, yeah, cafe. Was, I like the cafe racer. They uh, yeah. nice looking bikes too. Yeah, yeah. Those those, those other ones are a bit too fast for me. So nice bike, cruiser bike. bike. Yeah. Nice cruiser bike. No, let's just jump into it. You know, yeah. We're subjects today. We we're talking about mental health. And you yeah. seem to be in this field for quite a while now. Yeah, so I, um, I've been doing uh, uh, some work with, you know, uh, kids and family for a little bit over uh, ten years now, and so, uh, you know, I, fi- I finally got in the field of uh, mental health. Uh, maybe you know, um, a little bit after I did some family work, and so it's kind of, um, you know, the, the drive that. Um, I, I want to continue pushing, and uh, you know, I, I think when you know some of us first started in the field, we were trying to find you know what we want to do, and you know, I, I was glad I, I met some you know good folks in the field who introduced me um, into you know marriage and family therapy, you know the social work field, and really you know, found my you know purpose and passion for working with people. Well, thank you for being so passionate into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, thanks, man. It's uh, I, I, I think, you know, mo- most young people. I mean, in my early twenties, it's like you know, you're you're always soul searching, and you know, you're looking for, 
you know, kind of what you want to do in life, right? And then at the same time, it's like, you know, how, how do I, how, how do I help people? And at the same time, you know, how do I make a living? Um, and how do I also make an impact, you know, in the community? And so uh, it just seems that, you know, mental health is uh, one area that I put a lot of energy into and uh, focused on. So that's kind of where I'm heading. Impact is definitely is the key word today. And now starting off with this, do you think there's th- that there is like a stigma around mental illness? If so, why do you as a professional in mental health think of why people don't want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's probably one one of the biggest, you know, stigma or even like you know, you go sometimes you could say taboo to to even talk about it. Uh, I mean, it's really intimate, right? It's like it's it's something that you know is really personal. You might not want to share with anyone. Um, you know, it's not like a broken arm or a broken leg, where you know people can see it and and feel you know bad for you or or you know empathetic towards you about. You know, it's something that's really hidden and and sometimes you know we don't talk about it. And so, I mean, even even to today, you know, like professionals like us. Um, you know, some of us, we don't even seek our own, you know, help, you know, because it's, uh, even though we're in the field, it could be, you know, a stigma too, just to, to seek help. But I mean, that's one thing that uh, hopefully in the future we're working on to, to change because it's, you know, sometimes, you know, doctors don't seek help, um, police officers don't seek help, and, and they're like, oh, you know, I, I don't even know anything about it. I don't, I don't even know what mental health is, or I'm not even familiar with it. So it, there, there, there's big stigma, stigmas, and there's got to be, you know, some, some change. But I, I think that's why we're out in the field, and uh, hopefully we normalize it, where it's just as simple as, um, you know, I, I have a sickness, you know, or like I have a fever, and I'm going to go, you know, get some help. You know, hopefully it becomes like that someday. Mm. So may – some may think that mental illness means that you are crazy. Is that true? So when I first, um, you know, got into the f- this field and, uh, you know, we talked to, you know, Hmong parents and Hmong youth about it. And, and usually that's the word, right? Like, um, uh, especially in the Hmong community, let me refer to Dr. Ning Fu Fu, and so that that's usually the word um which which i think adds to the stigma of it um it's not you know really helpful because you know you, you got to look at mental health on a spectrum right so yeah you, you got people who are like mild and then you got people who are severe and and you know when they say boo that's to, to me that's like all the way on the extreme side the severe and then, you know, there, there's other, you know, mental health issues where it's more like mild. And so, you know, but, but that's the word that people use uh, to describe. And then, you know, they don't want to be associated with that. And so they don't want to, to, to feel like I'm a, you know, I'm a mentally ill person. But, you know, we all have mental health. You know, we all have, um, we all go through some mental health issues, you know, in our life. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's bound to happen. But it's just that some of us, some of us, we, we rebound or we, you know, get better, uh, maybe through coping or through, you know, uh, our sh- social support. But, 
um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different for everyone, right? When you say vu, mm-hmm. I think I've been diagnosed with kato vu. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love the, the happy dance they say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's one of the um, big ones, right? Because that's like extreme. That's, that's like when you get to kato vu, that means you already had a bunch of, you know, medical health issues. <laughs> now are there many forms of mental illness and what is the most common or most commonly reported yeah so um you know mental health is so like wide and um you know there's so much you know variety that you know like i mean like really the really common ones you know that we we often treat uh in our field is like depression, uh, anxiety, uh, those are very common. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, there, there's anxiety that's on the mild side, there's depression on the mild side, you know, and then there's the, like, so so those, those are just, like, some of the, the common, you know, one. And then, you know, once you, you know, talk about trauma, that opens, like, a different door, you know. Trauma becomes, like, you know, like, uh, it may include depression, it may include anxiety. Um, you know, it might include like include like abuse that someone's been through. Um, so that that's like a totally different door. And then you know, like you're you're also talking about you know genetics, biological uh, makeup. Uh, you know, like some people they have medical health issues, and then you know that de- they develop their own mental health issue from a physical pain. You know, um, and you know, and then you're also talking about like personality disorder, right? And then that's like its own different, you know door where you know you're probably dealing with trauma you're dealing with um you know all these other you know symptoms and so there you know there there's there's a whole lot uh to it and 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 then hopefully we'll talk more about like you know um you know when you should come in or when you should check in with a therapist but yeah there's a there's a wide variety and depression anxiety are pretty pretty common with that wide variety let's go down to like depression like do you think that one of the reason why people go through depression or other stage of mental illness in this case men especially don't see a therapist is because they don't recognize that they have it or need it well i mean it you know it t- typically when when people check into therapy right like uh, it's usually women or even like if you're dealing with uh, a family uh, with a child who has mental health issues, it's it's usually the the female or the woman who who come come in or who seeks help. Um, you know, I I think I think for you know the culture of men, I think in general, um, it, it's harder to 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 tell someone about how you're feeling or how you're doing. Um, I mean, like even for me, like in becoming a therapist, I had to go through my own challenge, right? And so, like being able to, you know, be to talk about sensitive things, being able to be uh, intimate about um, issues that you're having. But, but it, it, I think it takes a lot of training and education, and even like courage for for men to be able to bring up those topics. Uh, because you know, like e- even in a session, uh, if it's a woman, woman and a man, um, you know, it, it's likely that um, you know men. You know, men, men men are not as used to or comfortable to just sharing about how they're doing. You know, um, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with culture. 
um, you know, uh, maybe women are more uh, verbal about um, how, how they deal with issues. Maybe men keep it up, keep it in more. Maybe men are more uh, physical about it. And so, you know, you might see um, maybe men get more upset, angry, right, when, when they're uh, uh, upset. And, and maybe women are more likely to, you know, talk about it and, and you know, talk to a friend about it uh, versus men who, who just kind of act it out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, as far as like coming into therapy, um, and, and who's, you know, are men going to be likely to use it? Um, I, I hope it changes. You know, I hope, I hope, uh, more men are open to it, but I, I think it takes a lot of engagement with, um, men to, to be able to, you know, come to groups with like, you know, it's, a, it's okay to talk about this. You know, it's okay to talk to my friend and I don't have to hide it from my friend. Right. Like, you know, just cause you know, it's one of my boys, you know, maybe I don't want to share this because they make my, they might make fun of me or, or I'm not, you know, I'm going to have to hand over my man card and, and, you know, um, and deal with that. But, uh, I, I think the culture needs to change quite a bit to, for men to feel more comfortable. That almost sounds like back to what you said is like taboo where they, the men just bottle it inside and they don't want to say anything until it's it's beyond overboard already and they mm-hmm. lose their mental thoughts mm-hmm. but it's and then that also leads to why should an individual seek help when and what are the signs especially when they are like young elementary age yeah well you know um half half of the people who have mental health issues are teenagers right or children Teenagers and children, um, I mean, they make up half of the people who have mental health issues. And, you know, I would say, you know, that's probably another half is boys, right? And so even from a, a, an early stage, um, you know, I, I don't think boys are getting access to mental health services uh, as much as they need, uh, especially in those, you know, early years. Um, I mean, now, you know, we start to see more and more um, you know, school programs where they 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 contract with a therapist uh, or an agency that provide therapy uh, in the school, but but I I, feel, I still feel like that that's not enough. Um, you know, because they're only targeting probably the, the most extreme kids. You know, like the kids who have the most symptoms. So the kids who are like acting really good, but they have mental health issues. Those kids, they they don't get help. You know. Um, so yeah, I forget what the question is, but but you know it's uh. It, it, I, I think, you know, pe- people get lost in that system. Now, is there a sign, especially be- besides those who are like beyond obvious versus those are kind of like kind of incognito, you know, and he's just yeah. keeping quiet to himself? Yeah. So, you know, going, going back to talking about like, you know, young people and, and, you know, and then like into adulthood, right? So typically your, your you know, mental health issues, I mean, it, it starts – probably the day that you're born, right? And so just imagine, you know, you're born and, you know, you, you have good parents who love you, take care of you, uh, but everyone's going to deal with some kind of stress in their life, right? And and typically, you know, it, it's our parents' job, it's our guardian's job to, to help us learn how to cope with, with stressors or, or life stressors in our life. But let's say we don't learn any, any coping skills, you know, we just go about life. And, and sometimes, you know, young people, I mean, even as, as young as like, you know, six years old, 
you know, they, they deal with stress, you know, they deal with um, hardship, but they don't know how to cope with it. But they, they may have been having mental health issues even from that time because no one's ever helped them. And so let's say by the time they turn teenagers, you know, they get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. And then, you know, maybe they know how to vocalize. They know how to stand up for themselves a little bit. They start to rebel. And then everything comes out, you know, like all, all of their stressors come out. You know, I can't do this anymore. I hate school. You know, I can't deal with this anymore. And so, like, it starts to show up as behaviors. And I think that's the first time that a lot of, like, teachers or even parents start to realize, like, oh, my kid has some issues, you know. But they don't see it as mental health issues. They see it as just behavioral issues, like problems, you know, like skipping school, um, hanging out with, you know, the wrong crowd or, or you know, just doing a lot of bad things, you know. Uh, but that's usually how people see it. You know, they don't see it as mental health issues. But if you break it down, and you really look at the main issue, it's like, dang, this kid never really learned how to, like, take no as an answer, you know? This kid never learned how to, like, uh, calm down after, after you know, someone bullied them or someone said something bad about them. Like, they don't know how to calm down. So they just act up and they punch someone, you know? Uh, so usually, you know, uh, maybe a typical kid who, who has some, you know, good skills, they might learn how to, like, you know, uh, deal with, like, an upset they might have you know skills to talk to their mom or someone who they look up to to get help or they're able to express about it so they don't end up you know fighting or like excuse me or reacting in a way where it becomes violent but um so that that's just like from a like a very adolescent maybe young young childhood uh symptoms you know it's usually like like behaviors that comes out and then you know usually like probably like even to the teenage years, you know, 16, 15, 16, 17 year old uh, kids, I mean, by that time, you know, if they really want to look, if they really want to survive on their own, they could, you know, they know how to survive by that time. And, and, um, but then, you know, for some kids, you know, where, where they, they have so much stress and they feel like, oh, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do anymore, you know? Um, and, and then that's when you start to see, you know, people like withdraw, right? Like they might hide, avoid, they might isolate. Uh, and then those are other symptoms, right? Like those are all the like red flags, like how come you're not, you know, wanting to be with people anymore? You know, how come, you know, you, you don't want to come out? You don't want to do the things that you want to do anymore? Uh, so like, I mean, like usually withdrawal is a big one. Avoidance is a big one. Uh, those are all big signs. Um, and then like for some people, it's different. Some people get very violent, you know? Um, it just depends on the person and how they react to, you know, their life stressors or what's in front of them. So some people, they get violent, you know, like how come this kid all of a sudden when they were in uh, elementary, they were like the most peaceful kid. And then all of a sudden, you know, like in eighth grade, they're like super violent. You know, maybe they're, they're fighting bullies, you know, and they got to be violent to like, you know, uh, protect themselves. But people don't, you know, people don't see that like, yeah, it's a, it's mental health. They just see it as a, as a behavioral issue. But again, it's all red flags. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, typically when, when it becomes like, you know, an, an adult issue or like early, early adulthood where young people are uh, becoming uh, adults. So like a teenager who's 18 going into like, 2021, 20, you know, that age range, life, life hits you hard, right? So you got to uh, kind of provide for yourself. You become an adult, you're learning, you got a lot of stress on you. And then, 
there's all these skills that you have to learn, but that you haven't learned yet, you know? Uh, and then some people, they drink, you know, some people, they smoke, they, they do drugs. Um, it, it's all, again, to avoid all those issues that, you know, they, they, have, they haven't really worked on before uh, or, or resolved it before. So they just continue to pile up all these issues and dive into the issues even deeper by avoiding it, uh, by doing other substance like drugs use and alcohol use or, you know, just whatever you're doing to keep your mind away from your worries, you know. Um, so all of those are like, those are all symptoms too of mental health, you know. Um, uh, and, and, and those are all warning signs. And, you know, um, worst comes to mind is once you can't handle all of that, you know, some people think about, uh, you know, like, um, how do I end all of this? You know, how do I end all of these worries, all these uh, issues in my life? You know, nothing's going well in my life. And, you know, that, I think a lot of uh, young people think about, like, uh, suicide, you know, or, or they think about, like, you know, suicide as a way to end their life, you know. Um, and that is like, uh, you know, kind of like major warnings, you know, like, like, you know, what, what do I do? You know, like, I'm, I'm hopeless. I, I have no more aim in life. Or I have no more purpose in life. So those, those are all warning signs to, you know, like even if you're saying it, you're typing it, uh, you're thinking about it. Um, yeah, so those, those are pretty uh, severe by that time. Now, dealing with mental health. You just mentioned about men or someone could be very violent or they turn to the bottle or the needle or drugs. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, how does that, how does a man cope compared to a woman? I mean, a woman will probably cry her, cry her eye out or what? Yeah. I mean, like typically my experience, you know, um, is that, you know, what women are, um, they're, they're, they're probably um, more verbal about it. So, so, or, or let, let, let me take that back. So women are usually more verbal, but women who, and I'll just use the depression, right? So women who deal with depression um, may be more likely to withhold like issues that they're experiencing. So they may just hold in, like blame themselves. Like, well, you know, I'm not good enough or, you know, like I, I can never do anything right. Uh, so, so it's more like they, they hurt themselves or they hold that hurt inside and they just kind of leave it there. Whereas the way that men deal with depression is, could be very different, you know. Uh, some men may, you know, deal with it like in anger. So instead of like the, the normal view of like depression where like, oh, you just hide in your room and you, you're all depressed. Some men who are depressed, they, they get pretty violent. You know, they might, you know, break some windows. They might, you know, trash their house. They might throw some, you know, some vase or, or break some TV, punch some holes in the walls. But, but in, inside, you know, they're really depressed. But it, it's how they, they exist or how they show their, their um, you know, depression is through anger. Um, now that, now that, leads, that also leads to, like, what are the signs of mental illness? You said they're, like, might be punching walls. They're violent. Or what if they're not violent, but they're just so quiet? Sorry, I got. Uh, you say that again. I didn't hear you. I mean, uh, you mentioned about violent. I mean, what are some of the signs? You know, besides being violent. Well, I mean, usually this triggers, right? So, before someone becomes anger, you know, unless I mean, there, there's this, unless someone is just so impulsive that 
they see something they don't like and they react right away. I mean, there's different types of people, right? Mm -hmm. So some people are just a lot more impulsive. Some people um, have triggers. So, you know, something happens. Oh, I don't like it. You know, I'm going to try to deal with it. I deal with it, but I can't deal with it anymore. So now I'm going to go address it and I'm going to address it in a violent way, you know? And so it just depends on the person's uh, impulse. But usually it's because they can't, they can't control their impulse. Mm. You know, that they become violent, you know? Uh, but I mean, that's usually, uh, I mean, in therapy, that's what we try to work on is to, to delay, you know, your, um, your gratification. So even if you're upset, you know, how do you, how do you delay that? And how do you, you know, uh, identify that, like, that's even happening in you, that you're being upset right now? Excuse me. Because some people, they, they can't even uh, stop themselves, you know, because they're so quick to, to just jump on the bandwagon of, like, I'm pissed off and I'm going to hurt someone. You know, usually those guys are in jail or prison. Uh, but, you know, if, if they're able to work on it, you know, they slow down that process of anger to action of, you know, of hurting other people or hurting themselves, then, you know, um, if they could improve that, I mean, it, it's going to be much better. But, but yeah, I mean, those, those are all, usually it's, it's warning signs, triggers, like whatever triggers you, you know. Some people could be, you looked at me wrong, you know, because that look, maybe in, in past history, that look means trouble, you know. Uh, some people could be like, you said the wrong word, you know. Uh, it could be you and your uh, wife, you and your girlfriend. Uh, your girlfriend trigger you because she said something that reminded you of a time where you were shamed. You know, someone shamed you, and then that pisses you off, and and instantly you get angry, and then you do something violent. You know, uh, but I mean, everyone's different, and usually, if if that's your reaction, you have a lot of work to do. Mm. If you know you're going through mental illness, or you know someone. Is seeing a therapist safe and confidential? So seeing a therapist, uh, so um, I'll, I'll share the first part of confidentiality. So anything that you share with your therapist is between you and them, right? However, there, there are times where, you know, if you're suicidal um, or uh, there's like um, homicidal uh, statements where you're going to kill someone, uh, therapists have, you know, um, they, they, they have a um, uh, requirement or by law, they have to, you know, be a mandated reporter. So we have to warn whoever, you know, you stated you're going to kill, you know, uh, or you have to be, uh, authorities have to be notified. Uh, or if you're, you know, going to commit suicide and you tell a therapist or, or, or you're just suicidal, I mean, it, all of it is to help you, you know. But usually outside of those two things, it's everything is between you and your therapist. Um, so meaning uh, anything that you shared about, you know, your, your life history, uh, your intimate, um, you know, uh, feelings, um, anything about you, it, it's between you and your therapist. I see. What, now, what do you say to those who may be going through this? Yeah, but is not seeking help. So here, here, here's what I would say. Um, and, you know, I, I've said this to uh, other people before. Um, typically in, in the Hmong community, and I, and I think not just Hmong, but like, uh, but, but especially Hmong from my experience, 
is that uh, most people uh, don't seek mental health services or help until it is so severe or so serious that it's emergency, okay? Uh, uh, typically, the way you're supposed to seek mental health is when you have mild symptoms, you know? When you just start to stress out about life or when, when, when you have something that you just want to talk to someone about, that's when you seek help. You don't, you know, I mean, it's okay <laughs> to seek it when it's emergency, but, but it's, it's usually, you should do it earlier on in the issues that you're facing in life, you know? Because once it gets to such a severe level, I mean, I'm talking about suicidal here. I'm talking about uh, homicidal uh, type thinking, you know? Mm. Uh, like, like that, that, that's usually, you know, um, uh, the, the extreme, you know, where, where I, I think uh, more Hmong people access the, the, the resource. Um, I, I think now that there's more uh, mental health services in the school and in the community, uh, especially in the Twin Cities, I, you know, uh, I, I would like to see some research, but um, I, I don't think there's a lot of research done on it, but uh, I think just being able to have more available services and, and educate people more on like entering uh, mental health services at the mild, um, mild side or mild symptoms versus severe is pretty important or key to getting help. Wow. It seems like just talking to you, you know, you have been through a lot of experience of hearing all sorts of stories and we can't thank you enough for giving your two cents uh, in this episode, Banang. Oh yeah, I mean, the, the more people who hear it, the better. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, you're welcome. You know, they no, thank you. And you know, any any last regards before we uh, close off on this uh, this episode? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, I I think you know at this time, um, if if you live, you know, in the Twin Cities uh, or even like uh, you know Wisconsin, Cali, uh, wherever you are uh, in the Hmong community, I you know I I think there's uh, resources where you live and so you know there's crisis uh, like mobile teams that you know you could look up your county number and uh, or, or live out I mean look up your county number where you live in um, and and you know call someone you know don't uh, don't wait and usually how how people get help is because of family members or because of someone who cares about that person who's dealing with mental health issues that will get help and so it's likely that someone who's dealing with like their own mental health, they're not going to go out and get help on their own. And so it's your job as a friend, family member, uh, a partner to, to like call for help. And usually it starts with crisis. If you don't know where else to start, um, cause you know, a crisis team, you know, they could come out to your house. They could come out to wherever you are and, you know, talk with you about, you know, usually, uh, just about, what, what you may need, you know, uh, sometimes, sometimes, you know, people are just looking for housing, they're stressed out, some people are just looking for, you know, someone to talk to, um, because they've been holding so much in their head for so long, and even though we might think that we have so much friends and so many people that, um, um, but then, like, we don't reach out, or we think that they don't understand us, but, you know, uh, be a good friend, uh, be a good partner, and, and help someone who needs help, uh, and, and just have a uh, crisis number handy uh, that, that's usually where it starts well Vadang, that wraps things up man we can't thank you enough and again 
you heard it best. You know, if you have a friend that's going through this, it is your job as a friend to reach out and let them know that you have a friend that's going through mental illness. So thank you so much, Vanang, for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, that ends our episode. Thank you all for tuning in on Many Faces of Mental Health. We can't thank Vanang enough. And, but last, let's thank our sponsors. If you haven't yet, you can check out our website at www.momentalk or add us on Facebook at Momentalk. Elephant Fund Consultants, who also believes in building family values. She believes not only in investing in the future, but also investing in your present moment, creating time and memories with your family. If you have any insurance needs or any questions, don't hesitate to call her at the link below. Also, a special thanks to DJ Peter for using his beats. You can check him out at YouTube.